0: Welcome, everyone, to this edition—the solo edition—of the Not So Common podcast. I am Pat Contry. I decided to, uh, yeah, go solo this time out. Besides being lazy sometimes, I wanted to give everyone an update on things. It's really hot in here right now. Whew. I think that's part of the part of the reason why I feel a little a little overheated. I'm, I'm starting that 14-10 diet plan—not really diet plan, but I guess eating schedule so the the theory is that if you do limited fasting so if you don't eat for like 14 hours and then give yourself a 10-hour window in the day to eat it jump starts your metabolism and gives your metabolic system a chance to rest at the same time so you're not constantly eating and burning through that and i've been doing it for almost a week now and i can feel it like i feel heated up right now i can feel my my body going even though I did not really eat that much today. I haven't even exercised in in a few days. Um, I was lazy. I skipped yoga yesterday. Wait a minute. It was Memorial Day. There was no yoga. Anyway, so I feel like I'm like heating up right now. So if you see me sweating, that's probably why um, I have to eat something probably soon. No, I won't be eating on the podcast. I know you guys hate that. I know you guys don't like that. So Memorial Day uh, came and went. And it's always strange. I don't know if I should tweet out Happy Memorial Day because what's so happy about, uh, you know, people that died serving the U.S.? I I mean, I guess you you are appreciative of that fact, but saying happy is kind of weird, even though it's such a commercial holiday now where you have tons of mattress sales and, you know, furniture sales, Memorial Day sales for washers and dryers and all the sales at your local grocer. So, like anything else, Easter, any holiday can become a commercial holiday. I I just don't feel comfortable saying Happy Memorial Day to someone. I guess have a fun Memorial Day because there's always barbecues and stuff going on. It's unofficially, officially the start of the summer in late May. That said, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's come and gone. Of course, President Trump made it about himself in a tweet. Not surprising. Bragging about himself, you know, lowering... The unemployment rate, even though that really has anything to do with the president. It doesn't matter what president it is and bragging about other shit. It was really strange and not surprising, kind of detestable. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? That's what we got now for the next uh, few years, unless he's booted out of office. (laughs) That's all I can say about that. So what's been going on here? Uh, What's been going on is you see all this uh, this clutter here. It's actually good news for me because that means I'm actually getting stuff on the shelves. You see the nice turbo graphics games on the shelves here. N64 on the bottom out of the way where it belongs. <laughs> I have the wall of Sega over there with Master System games, Genesis games, and also, uh, let's see, 32X, Sega CD, Saturn, and underneath I'll probably put the weird stuff, maybe like the long box PS1 games, and I'll put like the uh, Amiga 32 or CDI and three DO games will go on that shelf. There's still not enough room in the expanded game room for all the crap I have here. Um, that stuff's gonna have some box consoles on it there. Maybe the Game Boy Zippo Lighter case will go there. Maybe. I don't know. So there's a lot been going on even the past forty eight hours. Not not really in my life, but um but just you know, well yeah, in my life there's always stuff going on. I shouldn't say that. Pat, you have a boring life. No, I don't. There there are things going on. But I just mean with the interwebs and I mentioned a a weird uh, tweet from the president on Memorial day that I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that. We'll get into someone else with a bad tweet later, man, social media, huh? Uh, I I think at some point we might have to have a, I don't know, not ban social media, but for most people, does it make your lives really better or does it fill you with anxiety and dread and just filled with horrific news? Yeah. You can share some funny cat memes and, find out what's going on hell. I love watching uh the results after like the NBA uh playoff games. You see the fun memes and and tweets about LeBron or Steph Curry or clay Thompson being a goofball. And by the way, the uh the NBA playoffs has been outstanding so far. Didn't think that didn't quite think the Warriors would get there to the finals, but they did somehow. And now Chris Paul was out a couple of days, but Iguodala was out a couple uh, games, and he's important too. Maybe not as good a player as Chris Paul, but important. Clay Thompson was a little banged up here and there. Steph Curry, uh, just like a couple of years ago, coming off of his uh, a sp- a sprained uh, a knee or sprained ACL, MCL, whatever it is. Not not ACL, he'd be out. Anyway, so Warriors got through. We have the Warriors versus LeBron and the Cavs, part four. I I, I don't see... I don't see the Warriors uh, losing more than one game. I mean, hell, they didn't do it last year, and that's when the Cavaliers had Kyrie Irving. So it could be a sweep or, or a gentleman sweep five games. I probably would say five games there, and that's a wrap. And then you have an official dynasty with the Warriors, and they can probably win two or three more in a row after this, potentially. Easily one or two more. They could. I mean, most of their players are under 30. Steph Curry's under 30. Durant's under 30. Uh, Clay Thompson's under 30. He, he's young. You know, uh, Draymond Green, it was a like 27. They're all under 30. They're all not even in their primes, just getting to their primes. And the only one over 30 that's really important is Andre Iguodala, which I think is 33, 34. And he's not a premier player anyway, but he's hes a finals MVP for a couple of years ago. And he's really good on defense, and he really helps. He he, he spreads the floor a little bit more on offense. He's a better sh- three-point shooter than Draymond Green, which isn't saying much because I'm probably a better three-point shooter than Draymond Green. But his defensive and smarts uh, is important for the team. Before this comes an NBA podcast, that's what's going on. And yes, I would love to see LeBron James lose again just because I don't like LeBron James. I don't like anyone who has chosen tattooed on themselves. While the phone goes off. While the phone goes off. That's great. I'm going to pause right here. Oh, you know what that was? You know what that phone call was? Oh, just uh, another congressman fucking support call at least it wasn't a robo call man the, the election season gets to me i guess this is the this is the uh june gubernatorial love that word primary for california and now there's robo calls and regular calls and you know the, one year i actually got a phone call from the the, the, the candidate of, of mayor uh, carl what is it carl DeMaio called me up a few years ago i could have talked to him but i let it let it go to voicemail this is a weird time in general, but I don't think anyone calling me the phone is going to sway my vote one way or the other. Maybe get me to vote, but whatever. What the hell was I saying? This is already off the rails here. It's already off the rails. So the NBA finals will be fun. I talked about my 14, 14, di- 14, den, 14, 10 diet, how it's killing them. I think I'm losing weight. NBA finals. Yeah. Warriors in five, uh, the NFL came out with a, with their, uh, Weird follow-up to the ban on uh, kneeling during the anthem. You know what? I think when 20 years from now, we're going to look back at this moment in time and, and just shake our heads and scratch our heads and, and and just say as a society, what the hell is going on? We were so concerned about NFL players kneeling on the field while the national anthem plays. It's, it's insane that it's gotten its most traction, thanks again to uh, a certain president, Before that, no one really gave that much of a shit. Remember, it started with Colin Kaepernick um, protesting uh, racial injustice, things of that nature, police brutality. And that's what it's about. It's not disrespect to the fucking flag or to the veterans. It's not. It's not at all. In fact, uh, Kaepernick got a suggestion to do the kneeling from a veteran himself saying this is a way you can... Sort of show respect because kneeling is usually a way of showing respect. At least I, with me growing up, so originally Kaepernick was on the bench, just sitting, and people were noticing for some reason that he was, um, and then he started doing the kneeling thing. And I always thought kneeling as a, as a show was respect. Personally, I mean, when you went to church, you always kneeled. You kneeled when you when you went in, uh, in front of Jesus on uh, on the cross there. Which, by the way, Catholic churches are so morbid when you have a guy. Like getting tortured in front of you you have to say mass and I think Catholics are the only uh, the OG Christians Catholics are the only Christian sect where you actually see a crucified Jesus on the cross usually uh, most churches you just see a cross without Jesus which which is representative of the, as a resu- of the resurrection but for Catholics we have to just <laughs> we have to look at the death and morbidity and, the, and being reminded of the suffering and that's what Catholic Catholicism is really kind of about is suffering and being reminded of it <laughs> I can say that because I I grew up Catholic and was confirmed and all that. I'll get into my horrific uh, penance stories later. The sacrament of reconciliation. Oh, my God. That's fun talking to some guy face-to-face when you're, you know, uh, eight years old telling him about your sins. What did you do when you were eight years old? What did you tug your cat's tail? Did you you, you stole someone's G.I. Joe figure? I mean, what the hell? When you're eight years old, is that really the, the, the age of confession? or 7. It's so it's right before communion. You you it's 3 months before communion. You have to make sure your your soul is clean by talking to a representative of God. In in theory, that's what's going on. So anyway, this NFL ban. What the hell's going on here? This is the 1410 diet affecting me. The NFL ban on kneeling, what they're saying is that okay. If you don't want to stand for the anthem, fine. But just stay in the locker room. Otherwise, if you come out in the, on the field, you have to stand respectfully or else we fine you. And this was voted on, I think it was a 31-0 to 0 vote by the NFL owners with one owner abstaining. Um, yeah, one owner abstained. That was the San Francisco 49ers owner where Kaepernick played. And then the Jets owner strangely voted for it, but then he said, I will pay any fine of any player. So if any player wants to come out and kneel, I will pay the fine. So, in theory, that's rejecting it, but I don't know why. But that happened. But it was the vote was thirty-one to zero, I believe. So, this isn't going to change a damn thing. Um, there was talk about the players. Uh, I don't know in solidarity, boycotting, or or I don't know, all kneeling still. And the whole point is this: th- there is so much oxygen giving to the, to this right now that this would have came and gone if it wasn't tweeted about by the president. If the if the fucking vice president didn't do this dog and pony stupid show and waste taxpayers' money flying out to the national anthem, just so he could then fly out when he was disgusted by some players kneeling, Uh, this this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous that it's come to this point. And I think years from now we're gonna be laughing at this, be like we were just so dumb overall to even with everything going on to to focus this much vitriol, or it's really fake vitriol at this issue. It's insane. And then the Trump and then Trump says the Trump says that, okay, well, if, if you don't stand for the anthem, you can get the hell out of the country. And that's that's really not how free speech works. And the fact that the president's saying that is kind of scary in and of itself. It's scary. I don't care what president you want in there. Any any, any president you have to basically, I don't know, spit in the face of the First Amendment is it's, it's really disgusting. And that said, uh, speaking of disgusting, and speaking of social media ruining things, we had uh, we had Roseanne Barr uh, tweet something you could say racially charged. It was racist um, today, and so her popular, somewhat popular, I guess, popular Roseanne revival show was already canceled by Disney slash ABC. Um, I don't know why a star of a show would would tweet something of that nature, knowing that you can just have your livelihood taken away and is it a first is it a first uh, amendment issue here speaking of the president saying we can't uh we can't sit down or kneel for the national anthem which is insane uh that that would be a thing and by the way no one's talking about Man, i'm going all over the place no one's talking about that like 15 20 years ago they really never televised the national anthem for all these games it wasn't really a focus at all it was just sort of a... It just sort of was this thing. Was like, oh, a national anthem's playing. There you go. Um, but there was something that happened that encouraged the NFL to televise the national anthem. And this works that Roseanne Barr as well. So there was a gigantic marketing campaign from the government where they gave the NFL a lot of money and advertised, you know, you see advertisements for recruiting for the Army, Navy, et cetera, a lot of times. You see in the movie theaters even. But that coincided with them showing the national anthem or having the military uh, come out to to the games being presented. It was a deal with the NFL. So money drives everything at the end of the day. So of course the military would not want, you know, the NFL to promote or at least side with the players exercising their freedom of speech because that screws up their deal there. So... Uh, there you have it. Um, so, speaking of that, so Roseanne Barr, remember 25 years ago, Roseanne Barr screamed out the national anthem at a, I think it was a, I think it was a, I think it was a Padres game. Was it a Padres game? I should be prepared here. I think it was a Padres game. She she belted out the national anthem. She covered her ears. It was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. That was disrespect to the anthem. Kneeling is not nearly as bad as yelling out the anthem and screaming and then spitting on the ground when you're done. So, but now she's the, but now she, Roseanne has somehow become the the sweetheart of, of right wingers because of, uh, I guess she's presented as a, a Trump supporter on the Roseanne show. And it's, I just think it's funny. It's funny because she's the one that's disrespected the national anthem more than anyone else has ever done, at least in the public eyes, as far as I've seen. Yeah, you've had some singers screw up the national anthem, even at the Super Bowl, but that's just, that was just a mistake. Uh, screaming and, and just being an idiot. And and putting the spotlight on yourself during national anthem—that's disrespecting the national anthem. (laughs) I mean, that's direct. So, Roseanne Barr's gone. Uh, Oh, she apologized. She looks like she apologized within a day. Yeah, too late. So, so she she had a she she called the person of color uh, Valerie Jarrett like like an ape. It's racist. She's gone. Unfortunately, you know, her bad decision affects the other cast and crew of Roseanne because they were going to come back for season two. So it's just an idiotic sort of thing to do. I don't know what you're expecting to accomplish there. And here it's not free speech just because, well, it was free speech. She said that, but, you know, her employer can freely say, I don't want to associate with you anymore. Just like anyone else, at their job. If if you went to your your own job and, and uh, just fired off, you know, uh, r- racist uh, tweets Or yelled racist stuff at From your cubicle You'd be gone too From your job If your employer Didn't like it If if uh, Let's see What's a good example If Ian Let's just say Ian was a Was a raving lunatic Which he kind of is at times But just said some racist shit I could say You know what Ian I don't want you On the C U podcast anymore I don't want to be Associated with that And It's not censorship Because he can still say Whatever the fuck he wants But I don't want to Have to be associated with that So that's really The same situation I wonder if this ever happened with Ian or myself. Maybe Ian will stop doing the podcast he doesn't like something I tweet. Then again, a couple of days ago, he didn't like something I tweeted, and uh, he kind of came after me a little bit for it, which I thought was strange. But anyway, that's that's a whole other issue that I'm trying to work out in my own head. But so Roseanne, uh, she, she looks like she apologized to Valerie Jarrett. Uh, she she said she said um, I apologize to Valerie Jarrett and to all Americans. I'm truly sorry for making a bad joke about her politics and her looks. Oh yeah, I think she said something about her marrying. A terrorist or something, too. I should have known better. Forgiving my joke was in uh, bad taste. So there you have it. Good job, Roseanne. There you go. There you go. Good on the... Well, you can't say you're even standing up for free speech because you admit he did something wrong after you're fired because you're an idiot. Um, It's just ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Oh, look, even H- H3H3 saying, yeah, what Roseanne said was racist and a bad example for me to soapbox from because she did deserve what happened to her. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's it's a bridge too far in testing this well. Well, you know, I could uh, say what I want now because Trump's a uh, president. Well, not necessarily. You know, you, you you can still be looked at as an asshole or a bigot or a racist if you say something racist like in this case. Uh so there you have it there. Uh, okay. Uh the sa- some sadder news about a month back I briefly discussed uh total biscuit retiring from game reviewing because of uh the cancer returning. Fortunately, he's passed away. And it's uh, it's sad. Uh, it's a long-time struggle. And we're not going to really talk about it in the CU podcast, but I'm bringing it up here. Kind of speaking of social media, I guess the theme here is just social media, just bad, people making bad decisions on social media constantly. And here, the bad decision was employees, uh, employee at Bioware, basically saying that, um, he was glad that Total Biscuit died, which was despicable. So much so that the Bioware uh, GM Casey Hudson had to apologize for. oh It was a former staff member's comments. Oof. So uh, it was the tweets were by David Crooks. He previously worked on Mass Effect Andromeda, and he said the world felt a little bit better after uh, Total Biscuit passed away. Just despicable. It's just, it's going back to the Roseanne thing. Yeah, you can say whatever you want, but it's just, it's just despicable, and anyone can have, can any, anyone c- could disassociate with you professionally if they so choose to. It's not the government censoring you. You can say whatever the fuck you want, but it's just disgusting. And uh, if your next employer or current employer looks at that and says we don't want to employ you, that's fine by me. You you made your bed, you lied it. And, and the worst part about it was. But oh, but, well, he th- he thinks that Total Biscuit has a toxic fan base. I won't get into that. I don't know enough about that. I, from what I know about Total Biscuit, he seemed pretty level-headed. Did he probably make some mistakes here and there? Sure, we all do. We all have lapses in judgment. Maybe we we don't. Uh, sometimes maybe our judgments lead us astray. I'm not saying he did. I I remember I listened to him have a pretty long conversation with uh, Stephen Totillo of Kotaku, and he it was a great conversation about uh you know the, the dreaded uh phrase don't come after me uh ethics in gaming journalism and it was a good good uh conversation this is like two three years ago it's like an hour and a half conversation so very intelligent guy did a lot for the gaming industry and for criticism and obviously it's a it's a shame that he passed away but for anyone like david crooks who went after someone who just died who's living behind a kid in a and a, and a and a wife a grieving wife a, a a widow it's just it's just uh I don't know there's no more decorum it seems when it comes to disagreement with people, even people you think might have done something bad but it just seems that social media brings out the worst in us I guess that's the theme is that this podcast is that social media whether you're the president or you're a star of a sitcom or you used to work at bioware or ea it it, it just seems that social media it's too easy to be to be to say reprehensible things. It's right there. There's no filter. It goes out to the world. It's not like writing on your blog, where if you write on your blog, maybe 50 people see it, 100 people, or even a Facebook page, only your friends may see it. Your whatever 200 friends or 300 friends may see it. Twitter things can get shared or retweeted and liked, and it can blow up. It become it can become a part of a Twitter moment, and then you have a million or so people see it. You got to be careful. It's your reputation. The things on the internet last forever. So, uh, so if you delete your tweet, there's you can go on the what the Wayback Machine, or you can just, you know, people have a screenshot software. Uh, they can easily get a screenshot of it, and that's permanent. There, it's it's just a shame that people cannot even disagree with someone, even in their death, feel need to attack someone like that. It, it's really, I don't know. I I think I think it's too easy social media in order to uh, well that's a good part of social media it's it's really easy to get your opinions out there for better or for worse but in some cases i think you you might need uh someone to uh to you know you know that uh that there's that little cute picture of the cat putting the paw on the, the person's hand with the mouse it's time to stop we, we need that in our head we need a cat's paw hovering over our hands when we're ready to type and click send on our phone or on our mouse to, to send out awful tweets like that have I probably sent out tweets I regret? Absolutely. I probably I probably re- regret that. But I think at this point, I, I, I can pretty much know the effect of what certain tweets will have. But I don't know if I can ever hate someone enough. Maybe it's, you know, if it was Bin Laden. I don't, you know, I think I tweeted when Bin Laden was killed, thankfully. And then I just tweeted the intro to G.I. Joe the movie. I didn't say I was even glad the guy was dead, even though I was glad. You know, I, but it was just, so even that extreme position, I didn't do it. Or extreme situation of, of Bin Laden, who was responsible for thousands of American deaths. I didn't want to do that. But let's just get back. We just treat people uh, each other nicely if we disagree. Can we do that? Is that is that possible? At this point, it, has Twitter ruined that for us? And it's Twitter more. Well, Facebook is awful too. I mean, Facebook, I'm like almost done with entirely. But uh, but Twitter just seems like it's just a p- place to to divide us more social media it's either you you seek out information that you agree with and laugh at even or you know you you rub elbows and bump elbows yeah see that asshole over there I agree with you seems like social media and Twitter is either for that or for getting really pissed off and saying something terrible or for getting pissed off at someone's opinion and thinking that person's terrible and then coming after them. that's what it seems it it has become so Roseanne suffered because of that this uh, ex-Bioware employee uh has suffered because of that just watch just fucking just be a decent human being can that can we go back to that doesn't mean you can't stop joking about things but be decent be decent know when you're being a fucking asshole (laughs) like know when you're being a douchebag I, i i think that's not too hard to ask but it is easier to be a douchebag online. You might be—you might think I'm being a douchebag now because I'm talking into a microphone. You might be—you might be right about that. You might be right. <laughs> might be. Uh, all right, I'm going to go to some of the the Q and A here. Not so common or, or at least topics you want me to talk about. It's going to be a somewhat short one here, uh, as the 1410 diet plan eats away at my stomach lining and hopefully burns some calories at the same time, so I can get into beach shape. With my little gut here. This is from at Brokilla7421. Solo, a Star Wars story bombing at the box office. Did it really? Did it bomb? Solo, Star Wars story bomb. So I was not excited for Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, Han Solo is my favorite, I mean favorite, Star Wars character. I had, you know, I had the two of the action figures as a kid. I had the Bespin outfit and the the Han Solo trench coat, returning the Jedi outfit. <laughs> I still have the figure somewhere. He's the dashing rogue. He's got he's a little sarcastic. He's got an attitude. I never liked uh, Luke Skywalker too much of a whiner. Goody two shoes. And Jedi Jedi Knights are overrated. All right, so Solo's announced. I have no interest in it, which is not a good sign, I guess, for Disney and for Star Wars, the Star Wars uh, fandom in general. So uh, let's see, it made uh, just $143 million on its opening weekend, less than half of the $290 million global opening made by Star Wars uh, Rogue One. So we're talking half of Rogue One. Now, Rogue One came out December of 2016, and then you had Last Jedi come out December 2017. Some have th- said that, well, because Last Jedi was so bad, that's why this did bad. Oh, they think bad, like, in terms of critical acclaim, even though critics liked it, audiences didn't like it as much. No, that's not it. I just think we're Star Wars'ed out. I think it was a mistake not pushing this to December because Episode uh, Nine isn't coming out until, what, December 2019. I think they should have kept it a Star Wars tradition, uh, at least with these new films, of having this be the, what, the third? No, fourth new Star Wars film that we've seen the past three years only. And they should have had, or two and a half years. It's four movies in two and a half years only, remember. So that said, I think they should have kept it every December and it would have done better by default. We, we, we've we had so many blockbusters just come out. We just had Deadpool come out a week ago. We just had, uh, two weeks before that, we had Infinity War come out. We have, you know, in two weeks, we have in- The Incredibles 2. We have Jurassic uh, World 2. I think this was, a, Star Wars should have taken over. Disney should have said, okay, the, the summer and late spring is going to be uh, Marvel will keep December where there's no Mar movies we, we'll move that and that'll be just become the once a year Star Wars movie uh, month. I don't know why they didn't do that. I don't know why they thought it was a good idea to have this be May. I don't know why. It's not an anniversary. It's 41 years of Star Wars, not 40 years. To me it doesn't make any sense uh, to do this. I, I just think it, it looked lukewarm in general. You go to Rotten Tomatoes um, on Rotten Tomatoes you have this getting uh, 70%. So, yeah, it's fresh. But 70% isn't exactly bowling people over. You know, uh, Rogue One, I think, was around 90%, 88%, I believe. And Rogue One was really good. So the total, uh, the final tally, according to analysts, is, is going to be the final global total. toble. To- toble? The final global total will be between 400 and $450 million. That's really bad for a Star Wars film because they're expensive. Really bad. And when you take inflation into account, that's, that's, that has to be the lowest out of all of them by far. That has to be when you account for inflation. So there, remember, there was a ton of reshoots. So according to this information on uh, therap.com, the production budget was $250 million after reshoots. Remember, they reshot a chunk of the movie, just like they did with Rogue One. So for a $250 million movie to make back its budget, uh, $250 million, and then we'll just say half of that, we'll say $125 to $150. We'll say that $125 to $150 was the marketing budget. That might be low, but I'll just say $400 million. That means worldwide, for this to break Broken Even, you got to do at least $800 million because remember, the studio only gets about half, roughly half of the ticket sales of the theaters, even with Disney having inflated deals sometimes which i disagree with uh forcing theaters to give them more of it we're looking at 800 million dollars they're going to lose they're going to lose a couple hundred million dollars in this movie it's not good now what does that tell you does that mean they're going to do less standalones no because rogue one made money it just means they might never do that stupid yoga you know prequel they were thinking about or maybe the obi-wan prequel or or maybe the boba fett prequel I don't know if those will do well, but people are well, like, oh, that's a cool character. Yeah, but he's a niche cult character. Han Solo is a big character. I cried when Han Solo died in in Force Awakens. I was like, yeah, and I don't want to see this fucking movie. So I think they have to go back to the well, maybe do a, an offshoot story and uh, give it more time to breathe. We just, you know, we're only three months or three and a half months out of there being a Star Wars movie in the theater. Now you can say, yeah, well, the same thing happened with Black Panther still being the theater when Infinity War starts. But yeah, Black Panther was a hell of a lot better received than The Last Jedi. And I think with the comic book movies having a natural progression, like Black Panther you know, leads right into Infinity War. They're more connected. This is an unconnected story from Last Jedi. It's not part of the regular anthology. And so it is what it is. Uh, it's not going to do well. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to give up. Disney spent too much money not to give up on this. Plus, you know, the plus there, there, there's a, there's a marketing, the marketing dollars could be made up by merchandising, merchandising. I mean, hell, they had they had Solo red cups promoted with the movie, which made sense. You know, the red Solo party cups. They had Han Solo party cups. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited for Incredibles too, though. In a couple of weeks, so Disney lost money there. They're going to make money back. Disney's just dominating right now. <laughs> they're just dominating. With Pixar and and Marvel MCU and with Star Wars up to this point, man, they're making money. And they're going to buy Fox and you're going to have a, a decent Fantastic Four movie. So I think that's why uh, Solo Bomb, there was not good buzz. I don't think it's a lukewarm movie. Ron Howard is a competent director, but he doesn't inspire when he directs usually. It's just like, yeah, oh, it's be a well-made movie, but it may not be something that you're going to write home about. Okay, this is from Epicard underscore M Maker. All right. What is your strategy for dealing with trolls, especially the persistent ones? You block them. Who cares? I don't. I don't think. I don't think ninety-five uh, percent of the time. I forget who vi- who I've blocked. The next day, I don't remember. I couldn't tell you. Do you try to engage with the more reasonable ones while ignoring the obvious jokes and bots? Well, if it's a troll, they have an agenda. You know, they're just trying to rally you up. So you just block me. Don't worry about it. I can usually tell, at least on Twitter or on YouTube, if someone's in a bad mood maybe or they just have a disagreement, then yeah, you could talk to them and I I can turn people around here and there. On Twitter, it's a little easier. It's happened before where people have come after me and then I, after a few replies, they've they've gotten over it. Twitter is more made for that. YouTube's not because Twitter, you're having a conversation with just that one person, one-on-one. On YouTube, everyone can see what you're you're talking about. So yeah, it's not, what you're talking about dealing with, you know, trolls there's no yeah you don't you don't give them the energy i mean i think i i I think norman nor disagrees about well you just mute them but no if you if you just mute trolls on twitter they can just they can fuck with everyone else that's following you and they can still see what you're saying and fuck with them fuck with the responses so no i don't give them any, any room to breathe let them have that little victory of getting blocked who cares Their lives still suck and they're still sorry ass people you know so it doesn't matter to me um this is from at kate cora 42 hey kate what is it like to publish a book, particularly one of the scope of a certain NES guidebook? It was scary. It was scary writing it because there was a ton of work that was done. And I'll get into the behind the scenes turmoil that happened with the book. Probably when I write a book describing my life up to that point when I'm in my 40s and done with the world. Um, but there was a ton of work that went into it. And I had no idea if the book would make money because no, no, a book like that had not been done before, especially by a YouTuber. So I had no idea if that would have done well. It, it could have sold, uh, uh, you know, the Kickstarter could have done a few hundred copies. Would have been a massive failure. It would have not made up my time at plus money that went into the book. It couldn't have, uh, potentially. But the fact that it did so well back in what uh, fall 2015, uh, the Kickstarter. The fact that it did so well, and yes, it was five five to six months behind schedule of coming out because I really thought that it would be done sooner. But I went back and I, um I went back and probably no, I didn't. I shouldn't say that. I wanted to be as accurate as I could to that point. Was the first print perfect? No, absolutely. Some errors got through to the second print, and a couple more errors got through to the third. But it got cleaned up. But I cleaned up a lot of developer info and release date info that was wrong with with web sources. And I went and did a little more digging uh there, and I gave it more chance to be edited in that time frame. So it came out a better book through the way. And I don't think many people complained after the fact that it was out. Um. So it was it was humbling knowing that the hard work paid off. But I was also grateful that uh, it paid off because if not, my career could have went in an entirely different direction. It, it could have went where I was so disappointed by that that I could have retracted it from YouTube potentially. I don't know. The podcast, probably not. But I could have been, well, this retro gaming thing is dead in the water entirely. When, when it's not, it's dead in the water potentially doing, you know, Pat the NES Punk videos for minimum wage, which by the way, they're not dying to Pat the NES Punk videos, but I I don't have time to do them as as often. There probably will be a 10th anniversary video. So look out out for that. But it would have been very disheartening at the time. But now the Super Nintendo book, I know is going to do just as well as the NES book, if not better, just from uh, feedback and the fact that Super Nintendo now is now like the hot retro system or it's become the, the de facto retro style is sixteen bit, not eight bit. Eight bit seem not necessarily primitive, but eight bit's sort of like the grand your grandfather's retro game. Sixteen bits like your, your uncle or, or your father or, or your older brother's retro style. Like Shovel Knight and everything else. Super Meat Boy. It's all sixteen bit style. Almost nothing is eight bit. The palette is 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 wider than eight bit and, and more plentiful and there's more details. There's sixteen bit detail. So um that's what it was like to publish a book. It was scary, but I had a, a good good um Printing team to help me out. I had good art artists, good writers. I had an awesome editor. My sister pre-edited Ashton, who's coming up on board to do uh writing and editing in the second book. Ashton's the best writer, by not a country mile, but she's the best writer in general. um I'm probably out of the. Let's see, we have about nine writers. I'm probably I uh, I'm in the top three, but I'm not as good as Ashton. That's for sure. So I'm I'm. I'm proud of what was there. I'm building on that for the Super Nintendo book. The Kickstarter is going to happen in the fall and um, it'll be out hopefully spring of next year. I think it won't be, being that I'm doing the harder work up front this time, there won't be that big delay between the Kickstarter and I think and when it comes out. At least that's not, that's not the plan because I figured out all the rough shit the first time. And plus the information is more plentiful in Super Nintendo in terms of developers, release dates. A lot of that shit was hard to find with the NES. There, by, by the Super Nintendo time, there was a lot less secrecy. Hell, there's still two developers for the NES games. I don't know who fucking developed two, two games. I don't know who did Godzilla, uh, who actually did the development. I don't know who did Uncanny X-Men. I have no fucking clue as of the second printing of the Super uh, of the NES book. the Developers unknown still. So with the Super Nintendo, I don't think, think that exists. All right. Next up from at Boomtown Fox, does getting older and still being unmarried cause you concern? I'm almost 30 and I'm totally okay with it. Well, I'm almost 40. I would rather be happy, single, and living a fulfilling life rather than being stuck in a miserable relationship. Well, there you answer your own question. It, there's, there's no concern if you're happy, if you're unless your goal is I need, I need to be married, I need to have something that's structured and there every day, and to have a kid by a certain age. And then, then if that causes you concern, sure. I don't have that concern. I, if I have a kid, which I'm as I've gotten older I have become more open to it, surprisingly. My ex, as we went through our relationship, actually got more closed off to having kids, especially near the end of the relationship. I was not sure if that was telling her or not I mean she didn't want to have them with me. but um I can always adopt there, there's a parents are having kids m- much later in life now they're waiting until their forties. a lot of times we'll, we'll wait until they're established and and have a, have a healthy marriage. A lot of people jump into a you know having a family with someone they don't love. And then that's awful for the kid. It's good you have the kid. You gave that sperm and egg life, but it doesn't mean that in the long run they're, not, they're going to be a healthy adult. You know, if you get divorced two years into your your marriage, is that good for the kid? Growing up with with a single single parent, oof. So I don't I don't feel concern over it. I sw- yeah, be happy. Focus on your career. Focus on your friends. You can still have a have a nice dating life or. A, a happy sex life, not being married. You can have significant other or others if you're into that. You know, you can have a fulfilling life without being married. And just because you're married doesn't mean you're ha- you, you're happy with that marriage. Obviously, just because you're single doesn't mean you're happy. The grass isn't always greener when it comes to relationships and, and your marital status. It isn't. I've seen marriages go up in flames. I've predicted the ends of uh, uh, the ends of marriages before. They they got to you know they got to saying their vows and it's happened. Sometimes you can tell. And the people are usually blind to her are those that are walking down the aisle because they're so enraptured. Oh, getting married's the right thing to do. It's proper. It's what my parents want. You know, it's what I need to have a kid, or I should have a kid. Doesn't always mean it's it's proper decision. Don't let others don't let the culture around you or others make the decision for you. If you're if you're that person who you're the last of your group not to be married. I and mean, even if you're in a relationship or the last of that group not to have a kid, don't feel pressure to make a fucking huge life altering change just because other people have done it and may or may not be happy with their decision and want you to join in to be part of their club, their, their, their newlywed club or their, their baby fucking club, not baby fucking club. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> They're fucking baby. Don't Separate baby and fucking. I'm not saying that's a club at all. That was an emphasis, a freaking baby club there. You don't want to be a part of that club. Then don't be a part of it. Live your life. If it happens, it happens. Don't force things. Life is all about the journey, not the destination. I really believe it. I believe in that. And if you, hell, if you want to get a kid and you're 65, adopt a fucking 12-year-old or 15-year-old so you don't have to feel like you're going to be dead when they're 10. You can always do that. There's tons of kids out there you can adopt. There you go. Then again, maybe I turn 40, have a nervous breakdown, have a midlife crisis, and then you know, marry a twenty-two year old and have a kid in five months. You never see me again. She takes half my money in game collection. That could happen too. That could happen too. Um, from from that asks my boss. Going back to Solo, do do the lower than expected box office returns for Solo suggest that audiences may be experiencing Star Wars burnout? No, I just think it's they don't like this movie. They don't want to see this movie, and it's only a few months removed from the Last Jedi in everyone's mind. I think that's a combination. I think that episode nine will come out and do gangbusters. But they gotta be, I think Disney has to be really careful, really careful with, with the next standalone movie. Rogue One, that was a cool story. Solo, no. As much as I want to see Woody Harrelson in a Star Wars movie, that didn't get people's butts in the theaters. And plus, you know, Harrison Ford is so charismatic as Solo, that that might have bothered me more And I thought having some younger guy, uh, well, he's the same age as probably Harrison Ford was when he did it, but having a you know the adventures of young Han Solo and Lando, I don't know. It, it's hard to do that and replace the actors. Then again, they're going to do that with all the MCU movies. There'll be a new Iron Man at some point. And finally, from uh, keeping up gaming, the double standards of the in quotes free speech crowd who praised R- Roseanne's racist tweets and the mocking of war hero John McCain, but got offended at athletes kneeling and Michelle Wolf, who was the she did the correspondence Dinner, which I spoke about last time. Of course, it's. Double standards what, what do you mean people uh aren't really principled when it's not their side getting called out? wow, that's a shock and that's and that's liberal and conservative, of course. people ignoring their own morals when it doesn't suit them wow we're really wow that we're discovering we're breaking new ground in on the on the delusional human nature that instills in us sometimes bad decisions absolutely. I don't I don't expect yeah, you see people go after others for doing for saying bad things and you know, sometimes the liberal crowd will go after a conservative who says something, sometimes the conservatives will go after a liberal, and they're the first ones to say, Well, you shouldn't have given people fired because they said something bad, it's free speech. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people trying to go after Bill Maher, people the conservatives are pissed off about Roseanne getting fired, going after Bill Maher for calling Trump an orangutan, mainly because uh, Trump is orange. His hair is, uh, you know, fake orange and his, his skin is orange. So not understanding that, well, there's no racial component to that versus the the, the racial component of, of calling a person of color an ape, which has uh, been a racist tag in our, in our society for like 150, 200 years. And that's why that's a bigger deal. So, so people are hypocritical and it's all rah-rah my side no matter what. It's Machiavellian uh, in human nature to, uh, by any means necessary, win the war even if you have to you know slaughter your own your own ethical standards in the process who cares my side's winning your side's losing yay even though you're selling your soul in order to make a a very short-sighted gain and of course with social media that's compounded as well so of course I'm not I'm not surprised by the double standards I think if you want if you want to take the moral high ground you got to call out your own side for stupid shit so if you're a conservative, you should be calling out Roseanne. Absolutely. If you're if you're for free speech, you can still call her out while supporting free speech but while also saying what she said was fucking stupid. And if Disney fires her, that, that's her that's her own fault because that's how a free market works with deciding who you want to employ. You can still do that. And liberals can call out liberals for being stupid as well for saying things that are fucking stupid. Why, why can't that be? Why can't that exist? I don't know. I mourn for society sometimes where, so I, I think the the moderate middle gets drowned out by extremism and by left and right wingers. I think that it's a shame. But then again, if you're uh, a sensible, more moderate person, you don't spend your time on social media that much. You, you're living a fulfilling, hopefully a fulfilling life with a nice... Uh, nice family or just by yourself you have a nice job you have nice friends and maybe that's where we end this uh this podcast maybe that's where we end it while someone tries to get in touch with me um maybe just maybe the more reasonable people stay off of social media because they realize it's a vacuum of emotion it's just a plethora it's a pain tunnel that you just uh, internet pain tunnel that you just whisk down every day and just have spikes hitting you of facebook and, and twitter just smacking you in the face. Just vitriol. Vitriolic branches just smacking you. That's what social media is. But uh, yeah, if you if you like me, you can follow me on social media at Pat the NES Punk or Pat the NES Punk on Facebook. <laughs> if you enjoyed this not so podcast, please subscribe on your platform. Pot- on your platform. Po- your podcast platform of choice. It's the 1410 diet. Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. Please like the podcast. Click that bell fucking notifications thing on YouTube if you're listening there. Um, Yeah, and if you want to really support my ramblings, my 1410 diet ramblings, please, please consider supporting my Patreon. It's patreon.com slash patcontree. Thank you, guys. We'll see you in a couple weeks.